0: The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian
1: Nations. Uh, greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's regular podcast. I'm John Howard. I'm with Tim Foster. Hello. And our special guest is Anthony Wright, Executive Director of, Cal- of Health Access California. And um, we wanted to talk to you about health and especially the legislation uh, that's out there right now. There's a, I, I think you described it earlier as um, a number of bills that are stepping toward uh, universal health care, single payer. Right. Uh, what's, what's going on there vis-à-vis single payer right now?
0: Sure. Um, Yeah. So we're, uh, you know, my organization has for 30 years worked for the goal of quality, affordable health care for all Californians, has worked for the goal uh, of not just universal coverage, but also a single payer Medicare for all type system. But we also recognize that that vision, um, while we want to organize for it and and promote it, um, it does have some obstacles in front of it. Most notably, the notion of needing federal approvals. That mm-hmm. uh, that uh, there are, in addition to industry opposition, in addition in, in addition to ideological opposition, there there is just the need, the question of how can you get the federal approvals, especially with the federal government right now being so antagonistic to healthcare in general and to California spe- in specific. So you're putting both
1: together and you have a double <laughs> bad whammy here.
0: And, um, and so the, the question is, can we make, uh, while we work for that vision, is there things that we can, ta- steps that we can take to get to the goal of universal coverage, to get to the goal of a more affordable and accountable healthcare system um, that does not require federal approval? And in fact, there is. And uh, so that's why there's been 50, organ- over 50 organizations that have come together Uh, for a new coalition called Care for All California that has a a package of over 20 bills and budget asks um, that would achieve these goals, and and w- w- that's something that we could do either this year in the last year of a governor Brown's administration, or in the first year yeah. of a new governor. And it does not not have to wait until the window opens up for uh, the federal approvals, either by the, a new administration or an act of Congress.
1: What, what do you think are the the biggest obstacles? What is the single biggest obstacle you face, or the coalition faces, in trying to get this legislation through? I mean, is it doctors? Is it insurers? Is it uh, everybody else I-, I think it well I think
0: there's some pieces of it that have actually broad agreement. I think the three buckets of work you know one is how do we basically um, stabilize the market to uh, prevent the sabotage of the Trump administration. So, you know, Trump administration has been trying to promote this junk insurance through short term insurance or association health plans. They've been trying to do other administrative attacks. And how do we stop this sabotage from impacting California? Because if the Trump administration actions were to take place in California, that could actually lead to significant spikes in premiums and um, p- potential insurer, insurer withdrawals and other issues. And yeah. how do you do that? So there's a, there's, a, there's a set of bills to, you know, ban these junk insurance plans that are being promoted or some of these other things at the uh, to prevent the, the federal sabotage. Um, two is how to get to universal coverage. And we, we think that, you know, we've made huge progress um, in the last uh, several years, under the Affordable Care Act and our steps to implement and improve upon it, we've uh, we've. Uh, we've gone from nearly a 20 percent uninsured rate down to to, to under seven percent. It, it's actually the largest drop of the uninsured rate of all 50 states because of the work that California has wow. done. Um, and so we, you know, we went from about seven million uninsured to less than three million. And so it's it, it's actually we're heartbreakingly close to taking just a couple of extra steps to get us to that one, two, three percent that most European countries are at, most universal. Um, systems are at um, b- one thing to do is to expand Medi-Cal to include all, regardless of immigration status. We took a step a couple of years ago by covering all children. Is this we- the po- politically?
1: Uh, is this the hardest piece?
0: That. Uh, um, you know, I think actually there's a lot of support both in the industry and even in, in the legislature yeah. and even bipartisan. You know, when we when we expanded Medi-Cal to include all children reg- regardless of immigration status, we actually did have some bipartisan support on that. Um, we also think that uh, that would take care of about half of the remaining uninsured. Mm-hmm. The other half we could get to if we in- improved affordability and covered California, um, especially in a high cost of living state. The, uh, uh, if we could just provide a little bit more help to deal with some of the cliffs in funding and subsidies that are there, we could get a a, a lot more Californians into coverage. And again, we could really get get our uninsured rate down to that you know that that one two uh, percent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, money, but- the
1: dollars for that would be. Substantially so, less, I think, than the dollars you hear about the, the universe of dollars for single pairs, $400 billion, $350 billion.
0: Right. I mean, uh, it, absolutely would be, it would be much less than that. It would be much less than the money we would have lost under the repeal efforts. Um, we are, you know, uh, uh, this week is the year anniversary of the passage of the American Health Care Act in the House of Representatives where the, the, the Congress voted uh, – to repeal the ACA and cut and cap Medicaid, that would have been a disaster to California. That would have we would have lost twenty five, thirty billion dollars a year um, from fr- uh, from those proposals, and that unfortunately, fourteen of our of our uh, congressional delegation voted for. Uh, and and so th- this would be a much a, a much smaller fraction yeah. of that. We think we could take steps this year in the budget mm-hmm. to at least make progress on. Opening up Medi-Cal on improving affordability in Covered California, Has and then that, leave, and then hopefully the new governor, um, and many of them have professed the goal of universal coverage. Yeah. could could take that final step
1: next year. That was my next question. Gavin Newsom said publicly he supports universal health care. Um, right. So, and
0: he supports obviously he supports the vision of a universal single payer system, but he also embraced this care for all California package when it came out, and he said this would be good steps in the right direction okay. to get to that goal. And again, we see these as complementary type efforts. These are not uh, oh one doesn't necessarily uh, uh, automatically lead to the other, but they yeah. but 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 they are complementary, and we see that. But you asked the question of what's the the, the toughest lift, and I think that's on. Trying to make sure that the industry is accountable for re- reducing costs, improving quality, and equity, and the the biggest bill. There's a package of bills on that yeah. subject, but the uh, biggest one is a b thirty eighty seven which has gotten a lot of attention in the last uh, few weeks there was a three hour hearing in assembly health committee mm-hmm. um, just recently and um, and you know doctors and hospitals uh, and those associations have you know raised their concerns but you know we fundamentally believe that we need to have some check on health care prices that health care prices are not related to uh, how much Uh, The service costs or the quality we get or the outcomes, it's basically based on the market consolidation and power of a given provider versus a given plan in a given area. So, you know, recent studies showed that inpatient costs in Northern California are 79% higher than in Southern California, not because of any difference in the rules or the regulations or the policies, but simply because we... Uh, are just uh, d- just because the hospitals here can yeah. just demand that much more um, given their market power we need to have some check on that and especially you know in in other situations where we have you know near uh, monopoly uh, providers of essential services, like utilities, we, we have some form of regulation and we think we should do something similar in California.
1: The, the political battle that the doctors have had over the last few years that I've covered mm-hmm. has been uh, Medi-Cal reimbursements. Right. So going into the negotiations on this, is there, are, are, are you, you know, hopeful or does it seem logical that they would be willing, it sounds like they would take an income hit at some point, or is that not correct?
0: I, th- I I think uh, there's two things. One is you know we've supported increases in medical uh, uh, rates, but it it actually is there's not a lot of correlation between the providers that take a lot of medical yeah. and the ones that charge uh, uh, you know these inflated. Uh, rates uh in the private side that the that tends to be about their market power not about the uh, to make okay. uh, to make up the issues of Medical. that's that's what the the research suggests and so um we do think that we we should take into a uh, have some consideration for uh uh, you know the financial viability of of hospitals and doctors and others, and that's written into the bill. What we're trying to we're not trying to squeeze the the actual costs of a provider. What we're trying to do is is get at the fact that we just you know um, America prices are just so much more than any place else in the entire world, and uh, and and even in California we we have. Significant consolidation, consolidation in so many of our counties. A, a recent study from the Petra Center at UC Berkeley suggested, you know, 44 of our 58 counties were highly concentrated. That that uh, that we want to put some check on what the, these medical monopolies can charge. Uh, and it's so it's not about uh, squeezing the legitimate costs or even allowing the the bill actually allows for return in, on investment. It's about the, it, it it's a it's about dealing with these this monopoly pri- pricing that we are seeing in in medical groups in in hospitals and health plans
1: the um disparity in cost Southern california to northern california right um, you mentioned concentrated i mean is there are the services concentrated in a single area there's competition among doctors to or among providers to charge well, more or?
0: some some can explain the variation of northern to southern california with one word sutter. Um, and and in fact, you know, there was an, another bill, SB five thirty eight, that's also part of our package to try to deal with some of the spe- specific um, contracting um, practices that we've seen with some of these large hospital chains that really t- sort of uh, have these anti competitive practices and pricing policies. Um, but I would, but it's also even within a region. I mean, there was a study recently that showed how um, appendectomies in 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 uh, the Bay Area in Northern California range from fifteen hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a routine appendectomy Got so it. when you have pricing so variable there 's really no justification for it and so you need to have some check some oversight so that we can squeeze the, the you know, the worst ab- the, the, the abuses out of the system um, you know right now we uh, we 're just in a situation where um, you know you go into a hospital or any medical facility and you don't necessarily know what uh, you're going to get charged you, yeah. there's no real transparency there's and you have no real ability to say no you're trying, you're seeking needed medical the care The Department
1: of Managed Healthcare doesn't get involved in this I or the, I mean
0: The Department of Managed Healthcare as well as the Department of Insurance do have rate review over the health plans okay. but the health plans have proved spectacularly bad at negotiating with the, with providers whether it be okay. uh, medical groups or hospitals or others for lower rates that's their main job and they have they have found that because there are certain medical groups or certain hospitals or certain specialists in certain areas that just have such dominance that they have no ability to, to, to bargain for a lower rate okay. and so you need to have some uh, some uh, oversight and review process
1: what, what are the outfits like uh... And I'm not asking this just because I'm a member of Kaiser. But where are the outfits like Kaiser, where they're they they're insurance plans on one yes. hand, but they're, they own hospitals, they operate hospitals. They're sort of a what would you call a bifurcated? Yeah. Um, what? How do they fit in the grant? Well, in fact, I'm, where are they on the on the bill? Are they in support? Generally? I mean, they're or also
0: opposed. They're also opposed, but the bill actually, you know, also it it, it just doesn't regulate providers. It also regulates health plans, and actually, yeah. th- um, you know. T- uh, trying to use the baseline of Medicare or Medicare Advantage in the case of health plans as as a minimum, the bill actually guarantees that nobody would ever get paid less than Medicare rates, which most providers and plans uh, participate in. Uh, and in fact, would guarantee a benchmark higher than Medicare and then gives them an appeals process to go even higher than that benchmark if they can show their costs et cetera so it's it's tr- it recognizes that this is not a one size fits all solution it tries to take into account a plan like Kaiser which uh by having the uh, the Medicare advantage as a as a a way to sort of take into ca- into account a capitated type system but it's not uh uh, but but to but again if if they're gonna charge more than a multiple of Medicare they they should be able to justify wh- wh- what those what and why those costs are so so high
1: Would there be a separate outfit to set up to look at this stuff make sure or is it would there set up a commi-
0: it would set up a commission a, a new commission okay. a cost quality and equity commission that really has experts to look at this yeah. um, uh, you know we want to uh, and to allow for both this higher set where this higher benchmark higher than medicare benchmark is but also um and and to consider those appeals above that uh but we we wanted to make sure that there was conflict of interest language so that um those members of the industry are not on both sides of the sure. uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of, yeah. of the table here you know we think it's just a. Uh, you know, healthcare costs are just so much higher here than in the rest of the world, and in most of the countries, you have some, you have some sort of review process. And you know, we are trying to also take the models that were, and from the experience of states like Maryland and Massachusetts that have done things that are, that are similar, that have done parts of this. Mm-hmm.
1: Have they worked out over time? Has it? Uh... I mean, I think that there's been the certainly Massachusetts, sort of right?
0: Massachusetts had a uh, had something with regard to a global cap which this includes that has shown some interesting results and Maryland has had this has had a version of uh, of at least a piece of this for a couple of decades now yeah, okay. so I mean this is a whole uh, you know this bill is is obviously um, a key element, but it's, again, just part of this yeah. broader vision of how can we get to a more accountable and, a, a, and affordable health care system, um, and one that is universal and that does not have to run into the uh, to the brick walls of the yeah. Trump administration. And, and that's why we're really hopeful of what is uh, possible, not just uh, this year under Governor Brown, where we think we can move a lot of this agenda, but also in, in the first year of a of, of new governor, in the off chance we don't get it all done <laughs> this year.
1: So you're only taking on the hospital association, the medical association, Kaiser Permanente. Anybody, any other big enemies waiting in the weeds or standing above the weeds out there that you're?
0: And sh- and and also just trying to win universal coverage for California. <laughs> we don't uh, uh, make no small make no small plans. So but, how does this compare to the bill last year that that got through the Senate and then stalled in the Assembly? Uh, SB five six two, the single yeah. payer bill. Yeah. I, I, so I mean, that's a again, that's a vision that is. Um, compelling in that it would, you know, re- uh, replace the c- the current system we have now with a centralized system where um, w- we finance it through a hopefully progressive tax and uh, and then use that as the main uh, resource to uh, to pay doctors, hospitals, etc. Et it is uh, th- again the approach here is not an alternative, but we think it it, it actually. Uh, is is complementary is let's uh, while while we uh, um, are in a situation where we're not able to get federal approval, mm-hmm. can we at least build on the progress we've made with expanding Medicaid, with increasing affordability in coverage, California, with putting some of um, similar um, uh, r- oversight over the industry um, that gets us and then. If the window opens and we have the the will in California, then we'd be better positioned to make a transition if that window opens. But the the bill that went through five six two last year uh, in the Senate, if if, if it was financed, it would have required a two thirds vote in the Senate, which it did not get, and um, uh, uh, it would have required federal approvals, uh, and uh, and so. Again, we support that goal as well, but we think that these are on different tracks and different timelines, that they're parallel, but they're on different, that they're different. Um, complementary efforts to get to the to, to the goal to we, step but, in the right direction. But we parties. can
1: all agree: if I get sick, it's better in Riverside than it is in Berkeley, basically.
0: Well, at least as far uh, as my pocketbook goes. Well, in terms of uh, the pocketbook, but again, even within within Berkeley, depending on which facility, you could that appendectomy could be really, really, uh, really, really different if it's at Alta Bates versus Stanford versus Zuckerberg, San Francisco General Hospital, right? Um, and so. Yeah. Uh, so at some level there there's not a lot of rhyme and reason to healthcare prices, uh, and we need to put at least some uh, a justification over you know what is uh, which doesn't make a lot of sense right now, yeah. and that's I I think part of why you know we're 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 we're, ta- we're trying to take this big and admittedly bold step um, with regard to prices. But also, uh, and but at the same time, we hope we can work with the, uh, we hope we can work with the industry on that. But also, work with the industry as allies on the question of universal coverage because I think that helps everybody. Our system is stronger when everybody is included.
1: Well, on that positive note, we'll wrap up. Anthony Wright, thank you very much. Hey, thanks, Anthony. No, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time around. It's John Howard with Capital Weekly and Tim Foster. Thank you. And Anthony Wright, and we'll see you on our next podcast. Thank you. Very
0: good.